Remember that song? How could I forget? Fox Love that good. song. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. What up? What up? He Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> or if you're me, happy I don't know what the hell day it is. I've been off since March 17th. So I am still waiting to be recalled back to work. Looks like things are mo- going in the right direction. But, uh, you know, like this is a, supposed to be a long weekend, right? Uh, this yeah. Labor Day this weekend? Or yeah, Monday? that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. My kids go to school uh, starting next week, and it's usually after Labor Day. Uh, it, I mean, I still work, it but means, it means, means nothing, nothing to, to me right. <laughs> this year. This year means nothing to me. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm wishing everybody, all the, all my friends with kids, I'm wishing them all a safe return back to school. Your kids included. I, you know, just, I, I have no advice. Just be careful and try to, you know, maybe tell your kids to, just be careful when when you're roughhousing or playing with your friends, if that's even allowed. I, I have no idea what's going. No, I have no idea what it's going to look like. But uh, wishing everybody a safe return. All my teacher friends from Philman Wright and Darcy, and uh, uh, all my all my friends who teach over on the Ontario side. Uh, just be safe, and yeah, what kind of and parents be safe. You know, if your kid has a sniffles or or or, or uh, any sign of anything, keep him home or keep her home. You know. Yeah, I actually uh, I actually call my kids doctors because they both have uh, allergies, like hay fever and stuff. So there's a lot of sneezing and and whatever during this season. And I wanted mm-hmm. to know to 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 say, you know, they have allergies, so if they're sneezing, it's not COVID. But the doctors wouldn't do it, and I think it's because they don't want to risk that where maybe it is actually COVID or they do have uh, the virus that. We're, we're wiping it off as being an allergies and, and therefore maybe putting other people in danger, which I get. Uh, but I can see, you know, within a couple of weeks, if uh, uh, if this allergy season keeps up, that my uh, at least one of my kids will be home for a bit, probably. Yeah, I, I have hay. I get hay fever and stuff like that this time of year, too. And uh, I don't even know what like what to do. Like, I don't do I go to the doctor if I suddenly start sneezing? I know I know what my allergies feel like. Right. I've already had a small bout of it last week, but by no means was it uh, was I displaying any COVID symptoms. I like I don't. It's so it's so awkward now. Everything's so awkward. I can't even. I'm nervous to cough in the grocery store. Like I'm <laughs> I got oh. my. When we first know. started going back, I was at Costco and I you know you'd wear the mask or and uh, yeah. You know sometimes you just whatever randomly you you swallow like saliva wrong. And yeah, I would have yeah, that yeah. happen, the wrong and hole. then it would like I didn't want to cough, so I would work so hard at not coughing. So now I'm just a big guy with a mask with like tears coming out of my eyes, walking through Costco, yeah. and I'm just like I gotta get out of here because I need to to cough. But everybody's afraid to cough, and everybody looks at you different if you cough. And anyway, it's a uh, it's an interesting time, but hopefully well, school goes well. Time. And uh, you know, I mean, the doctors are and experts are, are allowing it, so I think. Uh, yeah, hopefully we're we're good to go. Yeah, right on. And uh, anybody, any kids playing sports uh, again? I think everything's been really set up to be safety first. You know, uh, I know hockey; they've got change rooms where 
Like you're literally changing five people at a time and then they leave and then another five come in or you change in your parking lot or yeah. whatever it is. So, I mean, at least it's a step forward. So, but again, be safe. There's no vaccine. There's no cure still. Let's remind ourselves that uh, this thing can just sort of pop up. Everybody be safe. Um, look, we got, a, we got a short amount of time today yep. and a lot to talk about. Let's do it. And uh, I just... We, before I get into a special episode that I sort of briefly touched upon yesterday with you, I want to surprise you with it, actually. But before we get into that, got a couple headlines. I think that's my cue. <laughs> headlines with Brock and Pep. Well, well, well radio lady, who else is it going to be with? I like how she says with Brock and Pep, but I mean... Have we ever had a headlines guest? Here's the thing: as uh, I wrote exactly <laughs> what they're supposed to say, so <laughs> that's on me, I guess. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, breaking breaking news out of the NFL: another uh, another big release. Uh, the Washington Redskins have let go of Adrian Peterson. Now, oh really? Yeah, they just released him. Uh, whether or not, I mean, I I thought after. Their other running back, who got himself in a little bit of hot water with the law, a lot of hot water, a lot of hot water. Um, I thought, you know, this is obviously they have Peterson to fall back on, and he's a veteran, and he's pretty healthy. But they've let him go, and I don't know. I don't think it's money. I don't think he's he's making a ton of money. So, a uh, very interesting uh, development here with a week and a half left to go before the season starts. What do you think? Bigger, bigger surprise: cutting Leonard Fournette or cutting Adrian Peterson? Fournette, hands down. Um, the Jags are. You know, people are are questioning the Jags' uh, focus this year, and it seems like they're going to be tanking, um, or they're afraid of, of them tanking. I actually, uh, I'd uh, make it a note of the amount of picks they have in 2021. So they have two firsts because they got one from the the Rams for the Ramsey deal. They got two seconds, ones from Minnesota for Ngawe. Uh, a third, two fourths, which is another one from Ramsey. Two fifths, which is one of them's from Cleveland for Harrison. The safety just got traded. A sixth and a seventh. Like their picks are loaded already for 2021, and if they tank and their their picks end up being like top High. three, yeah, yeah hey, it's uh, they have a long term focus right well, now. Sounds awfully familiar. There's a team I think out in Houston who did that in the early 90s, and they ended up being pretty good, if I recall. And when the Herschel Walker trade is still might be the biggest coup in the history of sports when it comes to trades. I mean, that you say Dallas Houston? Cowboys. Well, that Dallas, Houston, Texas. Or what did I say? The yeah. state of Texas. Yeah. Ah. Houston. I, I'm I like, blund- uh, the Oilers? I'm like, what'd they do? No, okay. I blundered that up. That's all but right. Th- the Dallas Cowboys rebuilt their team basically in two seasons by doing things like that, by shrewd trades and drafts. That and was the one to Minnesota, up. right? Herschel Walker to Minnesota, and they got, yep. I think, the whole Minnesota squad back? <laughs> well, at least their all their picks. Right. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, Frank Gore, if he plays another couple of seasons, he might be in the league with his son. How really? old does that make you feel? Uh, this video makes me feel old, just looking <laughs> at myself and the thing. But... Uh, why? Where's this kid right now? Ah, uh, where's this kid? I'd have to look it up. Uh, anyway, apparently he's. I mean, he's Miami, in New York. Florida. He's in from. He's playing in Miami somewhere. Southern oh. Miss. 
Sorry, Southern Miss. <laughs> okay, so again, <laughs> the geography's not great. Uh, he's in Miami Listen, somewhere. There's a Southern lot of blunders. It's early. Southern Mississippi. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, well, Gore is uh, with the Jets, and uh, I, you know, fantasy football season has started. Uh, so I was going over Le'Veon Bell because I was offered him in a trade. I got into this new league. It's got salary caps. It's got defensive players. It's pretty intense. Curse and I are going, do uh, it. going over. Oh, we're already. We didn't take him. Uh, but everything I read was that you know Gase's guy is Gore, and he's going to be getting you know quite a quite a few touches this year if he stays healthy. So it'll be interesting to see because Gore's right up there for a lot of those records too. So uh, not only will he play in a league with his son if he happens to. Uh, uh, to stick it out that long, but also some of those uh, some of those records will be falling if he gets some more carries. You think Aunt, uh, Adrian Peterson gets uh, hooked on with somebody? Um, if he wants to be in it, yeah, uh, I feel like he would. There's there's teams out there that would take a shot. I mean, shoot, the Jaguars just lost one of their best running backs, or yeah, I mean, whatever. Fournette's had his ups and downs, but I think they were more going for value back for from Fournette's standpoint he's going to Tampa so you know he's wonderful um but yeah. you know Peterson or the Jags snagging Peterson for league minimum or or close to it and say hey you know what we know we're rebuilding so it's not like we have a long-term deal with this guy maybe he gets us the year. this year and then whatever I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if you see him in Jacksonville or somewhere you know what? That's the that's a great point. And you look at a team like uh, I'm, I'm I know I'm flipping sports here. I'm just uh, making an example. You look at a team like the Raptors who have a ton of money next to saved up. They're going to make a big push for uh, Attendakumpo from Milwaukee, and uh, they're not spending any money this off season. But they will overspend on one year contracts to bring back probably bring back Ibaka and Gasol. I love Gasol as a play as a human as a player. I loved his game. I think he's really taken a step back these playoffs just because I don't think he has the, the right – he's not the right role on their team. They need mm-hmm. their three, their big guy to shoot threes. But um, that's a situation like the Jags where, you know, like we've got a ton of money. We're not committed to anything beyond this year because we've got our draft picks or whatever. So you, you just overspend on a one-year guy just for a season, and then he's gone. So not not a bad idea. But uh, the NFL is uh, going to start in a couple weeks, and we're going to have our NFL – a couple NFL weeks, man. September 10th. We're crazy. We're a week, uh, less than a week away from Chiefs and Texans Thursday night. Oh, Thursday night, right? I always forget about that Thursday night slot. It's always an odd uh, night to start the NFL, I find. But the NFL uh, is just spread out over too many days now. Like they're kind of creeping into all that stuff where it's just like, it's not a one thing. It's not a Sunday event anymore with like, oh, Monday was the, the, the exception. It was everybody watches Monday night. Now it's Thursday and Sunday and Monday. And we'll have stuff on Saturdays, into, uh, you know, when college football's over. Or uh, if they got to fill slots, they'll be filling them in Saturdays. We're going to get a fill yeah. of NFL, I think, pretty quick. The, the occasional Saturday game I didn't mind, especially because it's late in the season. And sometimes they were meaningless games. But the Thursday, I've never liked the Thursday night game. A, I, I can't stay up late enough. It kickoffs at eight thirty, and by by ten, by halftime, I'm in bed. So, I, I just never ever liked that Thursday night game. I could deal with the Monday nighter just because of the history behind it. But anyway, I'm excited. Anyways, football's football. It's back. We're gonna be pumped. Uh, Chiefs Texans is gonna be a good game. I think the Chiefs are gonna destroy them. But we're gonna do our <clears throat> NFL preview shows in the, in the upcoming episodes. Yeah. So we're, we we got to get on track actually because we like you said there's only eight days until kickoff. But um, I'm excited for it. Um, 
And we're going to be doing our weekly betting too. We're going to we're going to yep. go and give our picks every week, and we're going to have a resident gambling. I say expert <laughs> or <laughs> gambling addict. Uh, Curtis will be on to give us his uh, his uh, three to five sort of locks of the week, and we'll see what uh, what he comes up with. It. But we'll 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 track that all season. We'll see how our uh, our predictions went. Where I, I don't, this is not an NBA show. This actually isn't supposed to be anything more than the topic I talked about yesterday with you uh, off air. But do got to talk really quickly about how the Raptors basically saving their their season last night. Had they lost. There's no chance they're coming back 3-0 against this Celtics team who are playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, but they're also super talented. And they're doing it without Gordon Hayward. So, But what a huge shot from OG and Anobi last night. Yep. Uh, wasn't quite Kawhi Leonard-esque, but game winner. Down by two, he hits a three. And I think we have a, cl- a clip of the, uh, the inbounds. The whole clip to, is sort of playing in the background. I don't know if you can see it or not. Um, are but, you playing it right now? Yeah. Okay, it's not coming up on my end, but... Uh, All right, well, I'm not sure what to tell you. Uh, okay. I clearly have <laughs> I'll just, no clue I'll what just, I'm doing. Yeah, r- real quick, they, they drew up an inbounds play. I don't know if Ananobi was the first option on that inbounds play. I don't... Because it took uh, Lowry a few seconds to actually see him. So I don't even know if he was the first option on that play. I'd have to look, and hopefully, in the uh, media said, press conference... They said after that was their play, and you could see OG goes right to the to his spot. It was mm-hmm. across the floor, and especially from like a, if you have a taco fall in front of you. But yeah. I feel like uh, Lowry was kind of you know there's a lot of movement around. I I felt like that was to sort of draw them all closer to him to take people away from OG. You know, yeah. Like if he's yeah. looking right at him, there's going to be somebody on him. But you got to do all this stuff and, and create this havoc where everybody's running around and they kind of get lost and then you can pop it out is what I think. So I'm, I'm giving them the credit, the benefit of the doubt that that was drawn up and that was exactly how it was supposed to go. Uh, but you're right. They don't hit that shot. The game's over. Um, you know, again, I don't want to go change the topics, but I'm curious to see, and we could talk about it another time, but I'm curious to see how the Celtics respond because they are a younger team. And I was just, I, we, the Raptors needed to rattle them a little bit. And I'm, I don't know if a last-second shot actually does that. But say the Raptors come back in game four and win, you know, maybe by five, six, a little bit more, uh, down in performance or, or take it. I wonder if now you start seeing some of the, the Celtics guys' uh, age show and see if they kind of mm-hmm. get a bit rattled because they hadn't lost yet in the mm-hmm. playoffs. So, anyway, yeah. I'm curious to see what happens with that. Yeah, me too. I, I, the Celts, Celts to me are uh, like Jalen Brown and Tatum are, are – perfect for today's nba they can shoot the three and they're athletic and long and they're very kemba good. walker is kemba walker's underrated i mean this guy is lightning quick so and but the key for them is marcus smart as a defensive stopper as an agitator you know the last game he hit five threes in the fourth quarter if he doesn't hit those five threes it's a two two series oh yeah so you know like these are two very evenly matched teams throw game one out because i think game one the raptors were just not mentally in it with a with uh the talk of leaving yep. the bubble and stuff like that. But, I mean, the, the Celtics are a very, very well-balanced team. I think the edge goes to the Raptors when it comes to the bench, but we're not seeing it statistically. So, like, they need more They need more out of Norm Powell. He played well last night, but they need more out of Powell. They yeah. need Abaka to come on. Uh, like, the whole Gasol-Ibaka controversy of who's, who should be starting, I mean, 
they're interchangeable, but Ibaka brings a little bit more energy on the defensive end. But they need there's that third guy they're missing, and, and it's is it Matt Thomas? Is it Terrence Davis? They need someone else to step up off the bench. Their bench should be out playing the Celtics bench. So that's my concern. I think that's going to be the key moving forward. You got to give Lowry a rest. I mean, I think he played like 45 minutes yesterday. It was crazy. Yeah, that was so, our. Was is it this or was it this? Where's the one where we where we're supposed to give each other a sign that kind of says, "Yeah, let's move on." That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's this. It's that. All one? right. Okay. Anyway. All right. So big game. Uh, they play tomorrow. Big game. Huge, huge game, game. Six o'clock. Uh, let's do it. All right. So. My uh, my topic today, and we've got about well, we got about twenty minutes here, so it's plenty of time, no rush. My topic today was inspired by some of the things that Facebook gets shared. You know, uh, like when you get nominated to do something, or when you get nominated to post something. Um, one that was recently uh, shared or spread on Facebook was posting a picture of your favorite athletes. It actually didn't even say favorite. You were just supposed to pit, post a picture of an athlete, and Ath- it was assumed that it's one of your favorite guys. Well, it's girls. athletes that you enjoyed watching or whatever when you were... Right. When you've enjoyed watching. Yeah. So that spread pretty quickly, and it was pretty cool, right? I love um, it. I mean, the, the ones... I didn't do the whole 10 just because I, I, I lose... I get bored after five or whatever, or I'm lazy. But I did, uh, I did post three or four, and... When I was looking up, when I was thinking back to the athletes, I think there were athletes that meant something to me, or that like I love their style on and off the field or the court. Uh, I love what they represented, but I didn't know them necessarily. So, you know, it's funny. I went to see Al Pacino a few years ago, and I love his movies, right? I'm a huge Al Pacino fan. And I thought I was going to be like uber emotional seeing him live. And when we saw him live, he was talking at the, uh, was it the NAC? Anyway, he was given a talk, and uh, it was like a Q&A with uh, Graham Richardson. And the whole time, I'm like, he's just a dude. He's just a dude. Like, he's mm-hmm. just another dude. You know, like, I, he's talking about the movies, and they had some questions. And, you know, he's not, he's not his role. Like, he's Al Pacino. He's, he's a multimillionaire movie star. So I left there thinking, well, that was a little anticlimactic. Like, I kind of went there thinking I was going to cry because of yeah. how he's impacted my life in movies. Anyway. So it brings me back to what I what I want to ask you today. We've talked, you've posted about athletes that you love, and you know Tim Tebow and uh, Deion Sanders and guys that you know you've loved watching and had an impact on you. But let's get down to the nitty gritty here. I want to ask you, who are your? I don't even want to put a number on it. Three or four most influential uh, sports figures who've had an impact on your life, like literally, who've been a part of it, either coaches, parents, friends. Um, who are the who are the people who have molded you into who you are in terms of uh, in terms of sports and uh, and motivated you to be better or do better or go places? Oh man, um, well that's be I anybody. Mean, I did that that uh, Facebook thing and I actually enjoyed it, but I had put a lot of thought into it before. I was trying to whittle down to ten, and I ordered them sort of like from relevancy and importance. Uh, and then, you know, at the end, I, I miscalculated. So I the, the last one was supposed to be Jackson, my son. Uh, mm-hmm. But I it was Tim Tebow was the last one. So he wasn't getting skipped for that. But then I did the bonus one. And uh, <laughs> uh, love you, Jackie. Love you, Jackie. <laughs> Not as so much Tim Tebow, but I love you. No, <laughs> it was important. So he would have been on top anyway. But uh, yeah, that's uh, 
That's tough. I mean, from a, a sports standpoint, obviously, you know, my father played a big role in, in sports in my life. My love for football came from him and his love of football and the, uh, you know, the Ottawa Rough Riders. You know, we had season tickets when we were kids. We used to, they used to be the, the family outing that we would go to and we had season tickets and we had the, the same section, the same people. We were, you know, anybody used to go to the games back in the, I don't know, I guess it was, uh, late 80s early 90s yeah it was late 80s early 90s and there was a you know it's like two brothers that were two rows in front of us and they were the the move those yardstick guys and uh i think t- still today there's people who you know keep that tradition going um you know and and from that there was you know got me into football and i remember being in the halftime of the 88 great cup that was here in ottawa with bc and toronto and um you know, so, uh, yeah, obviously he had a, a big role in that from a football standpoint. Now, um, you know, my dad wasn't uh, an overall sports enthusiast by any means. Uh, so, I, you know, he <laughs> I played basketball. I played basketball with you, and my dad just calls it squeaky shoe game, whatever you call it. Like, it's just <laughs> – yeah, That's it drives how him. Curtis gets it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, my dad hates the squeaking. Squeak, squeak, squeak there. Squeak, squeak, squeak there. And he used to make fun of it all the time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I'll give him credit for, for the football love, but, um, you know, everything else, I mean, from, uh, I had a baseball coach, um, coach bone, uh, not like B O N E, but like French B E A U L N E. Anyway, he was the father of our best player on our team, Stefan bone, who actually ended up playing professional softball, uh, for a long time, uh, was a nasty pitcher, this kid. But his father was the coach of the competitive team, and I just got into baseball. I had begged my parents to take me out of soccer because not a soccer dude and uh, put me into to baseball, put me into Vladdy's spot. Um, and I went and, and uh, made the competitive team, and he was the coach. And it was, I don't know, maybe midway through my first season or maybe even my second season because I was pretty young when I had made the team. And... Um, uh, he kind of pulled me aside. We were doing batting practice and, uh, you know, and he had like a chat with me where he was kind of like, he's like, you know, he says, you're a nice guy. Everybody likes you. You know, you're very personable, all that kind of stuff. You're, you know, you're, um, you know, you're like a gentle giant. I've been called that all my life. And he was like, it's okay to stay to to sort of be an asshole when you're inside the lines like when you're at the plate be an asshole you could still be nice and still liked outside and off the field but when you're there and you're you're competing and you're 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 at bat like be aggressive be an asshole and uh, i remember that that stuck with me till today and it was one of those things even from a football standpoint like you know everybody knows my brother curtis and and i'm bigger than he is although now he's jacked, but at the, like when you're a kid and you're so much bigger than your sibling, it's always, or friends, it's always play nicely. It's always, you know, be careful. You know, you're so much bigger, this and that. So you you get that mindset of just, um, you know, taking it easier, not going full or in basketball, you know, if I hustle for a ball and somebody else hustles for a ball and and they go flying, like I get the foul. Like, it's just, you, you can't play as hard as you want to. And he's sort of, um, explained to me that you could, and uh, and it was nothing wrong with that kind of thing. But that was a mental a block that I had for a long time. Um, and I think by the time I got to university and stuff like that, I had probably taken it a little too far in terms of being an asshole on the field. Uh, you know, like 
there's there's times I look back where I was, you know, borderline dirty and stuff like that. And it was it was I was trying to like fire myself up, kind of. Anyway, uh, he was very influential. Influential uh, as for, I mean, my brother was influential as well. Like we would play. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have learned how to you know pick up a tennis racket and play tennis or or shoot basketballs and stuff because he was my first. Uh, friend, my first partner in terms of like learning sports and, and, you know, the kid had so, he has got so much heart and so much like such a motor. It's different than me. I have the size, but my motor is, or my heart maybe is not quite as good as his. Like he's just non nonstop. Um, so he would always sort of push me, but, um, you know, and, and he's more the reason why, you know, I've, I've been able to play multiple sports is, is, you know, because he and I were playing them. Um, you know, those are three of sort of the, the main ones. I have other ones that are, you know, I'd any say from co- a, any coaches, uh, I want to, uh, yeah. any coaches to, from, uh, let's say from the time you went to Colgate, Ottawa, U, Sherbrooke, any coaches, uh, you know, pull you aside and get, get you, get you going, uh, give you, uh, you know, some motivational words of encouragement, uh, uh, or or non coaches, any friends, Scott, Dan, any any of your friends say, hey, listen, buddy, you know, I it looks like you're you're down on yourself. Uh, we know we ha- we believe in you. Have you had any yeah. examples of those guys like that? Um, you know, when I talk, when I think of coaches, and I think of the effect, like it's not always a positive effect initially. Um, like my coach at Colgate, you know, I I love Colgate. I wish I would go into Colgate now. Uh, what they've done and what how they've changed their program. Their head coach is the guy that recruited me, Dan Hunt. Love him. My position coach at Colgate is uh, someone who is had a negative effect on on my football thing. It was enough that by the time I left Colgate, I didn't want to play football anymore. Like I just I had no no interest, um, and that was. Uh, because of his lack of connection, I guess, with his players. Like, he didn't know who I was. I was very highly recruited. Um, I wasn't supposed to go to Colgate. You know, J.C. Moreau, who's a strength coach down at, uh, or was at Iowa, and he trained uh, Darren McFadden and Felix Jones, all those guys at Arkansas. We went to Colgate together. He's sort of like, uh, he's from an Ottawa kid. Um, He was sort of responsible for trying to recruit me. And I remember, you know, by my sophomore year, we were up at four in the morning having drinks, and, and he's telling me about, the, the recruiting stuff. And he's like, I would go in, he says, I go in, I see their board of all these people they're recruiting. They all got these stars next to them. And he's like, you and one other person had five stars. And that was basically saying like, these guys, they're on our board, but they're not coming here. Like they're going to, and at the time, you know, I was about to commit to Michigan. Like you're going to a, a power five school. That's the, you know, the, the five uh, stars. And uh, when I decided to go to Colgate, JC said he was like, I was, you know, I was treated like a king. Like there was, it was the best thing ever that JC had convinced this guy uh, who was a five-star recruit to go to Colgate. The problem is when I got there, you know, I'm coming from Canada where we practice twice a week, play a game on the weekends. My team was undefeated. So all these guys who were 19 and whatever, who were playing football with us, all had jobs. Nobody came to practice. We never practiced. Like I went from literally zero to a hundred when I got to Colgate and I had no idea what I was doing. And so if I did, you know, I feel like I didn't live up to the walking in and just being a dominant guy and, and having that, like, you know, I guess the, the typical five star from the States who's been sort of bred to do that. I, I sort of came in 
and and I needed some extra guidance, maybe some support. And, um, you know, I think that might have been one of the first things for him that sort of, I don't know, maybe tear away. But then, you know, and then my, you know, my parents were getting divorced at that time around my sophomore season too. And, um, or, you know, things started to go with that, that sort of a ride. And he had no idea. My coach had, my positional coach had no clue what was going on in my life. And to this day, my roommate, Ben Rowden, who, um, you know, his cousin's TJ Lang. That's how I know TJ, all that kind of stuff. Um, one of my best friends, you know, says that like Mike Foley wrecked you. Like he just didn't, he didn't care. He had no idea. Didn't never even asked you what was going on. You know what I mean? Like there's just, so it was negative, but now that I'm into coaching and I, I deal with players, um, I'm very aware of making sure that I have those relationships because, um, you know, once I came back to Colgate and I had a coach, uh, you know, uh, you know, Chris Govera was Ottawa U and, uh, you know, a guy who, who gave a shit and like, you know, talked to me and, and, you know, we had these conversations and, um, you know, just cared and it, it, he cared and I played way more, uh, with way more heart and desire for a guy who gave a shit about me. I gave a shit about putting a good product on the field kind of thing. And that's just the way I was and am. And, um, so from Foley standpoint, he's made me a better coach and a better, uh, to make sure I get better connections with my players because I don't want to be like him. And I'm not the only guy that felt like that either. So, you know, again, I, it's a coaching style that, you know, not a lot of guys respond to. But a guy like Chris Govro, Carl Tomey, who was a friend of mine uh, when we went through Philemon and played together, actually coached me at Sherbrooke when I went to Sherbrooke. Um, and he's been very influential in my my coaching career because he's got such a love for the game from an alignment standpoint um he's constantly learning his relationship with the players all that kind of stuff like he does things the right way and that's been a very big influence on on my coaching career or you know we hear the term player coach a player's coach and people don't really understand what that means it doesn't mean you go out partying with the players or you're you're out there no it means giving a shit about a guy 100 you know just asking him how they're doing how's the family uh how you feeling today? You don't look yourself on the field. Everything okay? What's going on? Are you hurt? Are you like, like asking questions, caring about your guys? And I think that's where, uh, I, that's where a guy like, and again, I only draw on my experience, my from my the eye test. That that's where a guy like Mike Tomlin doesn't get enough credit for being a players coach because mm -hmm. he cares about his guys. He's got a finger on the pulse of his team. It's not like um, you know, there's there've been guys like Rich Kotite who coached the Jets in the '90s who who I don't even think he knew some of the special teams guys' names. So, I mean, there's, you know, that's it's a, that's obviously a polar opposite. Yeah. But I mean, I th it's important, especially in today's athlete, where they need to be a bit more coddled. I think being a player's coach uh, and understanding that your guys need to be shown that they, they, they're human beings. I think it's super important. And then I'm so glad you brought that up. And those are, I mean, I know 80% of the guys you mentioned there, and they're all quality guys, uh, especially your family. I mean, geez, they're like second family to me. Um, we're kind of almost sort of running out of time. Uh, I want to name off just my the, the people who have had an effect on my life because I'm great. still involved in sports. I play as an adult. But, you know, uh, for my first and foremost, my brother, for sure, for sure, my brother. I mean, he taught me how to throw and catch a football. Uh, everything I uh, – all the teams I cheer for are, are basically because I watched sports with him. I played video games till we were uh, – right. you know, our fingers were raw, raw 
but uh, my brother for sure, for sure is my my main sports influence. But I, when I look back, and I you know I I only stopped I've stopped playing uh, uh, basketball at college, although I felt I could have played a lot higher. But that's a whole other podcast. But um, my brother was my coach for a couple of years in college. But uh, Brian Donlin was my high school coach, and Brian Donlin, uh, my first year in high school, he was pretty hard on me. He was hard on all of us actually, but I felt. When I was, I was so young, I felt like he was extra hard on me because I, I and I didn't really know why or understand. When you're in grade eight, you're like, "What yeah. I do?" or grade grade nine, "What I do?" But I knew he was just trying to get more out of me than uh, than I was able, than I was giving, and I thought I was giving my all. But he did it. He did push me to get get more, and so he coached me throughout high school. And by the end, he he put his trust in me to push my teammates like he pushed me and it was like a beautiful ending to a, a really cool story. And uh, in the middle of those four years, I had George Singfield as a, my football coach and a basketball coach. And he's uh, also somebody who was super influential on me. Mm. He taught me how to play with class and dignity and lose as, as, uh, as graceful as you win. And I think that's important as a kid. Um, you know, that translates well when you get into university and you're trying to show your coaches that you're a class guy. So those three people for sure. And my friends, I mean, I've always had support from my friends. You know, Brock, when you, you know, we talk about the time you brought me out to Ottawa U to, to try out. And, you know, it's it's funny at the time, but it was I was going through a really hard time. Like mm-hmm. mentally, I was, uh, you know, my mom was, I was the last person home with mom. You know, big, big house. She was, she was having a hard time paying the bills. I wasn't really working that much yet. Um, when I went there, I felt like my body was falling apart. I could, I barely... I don't know if you knew this, but I, I had a really hard time getting home. My Achilles was like swollen up. I could barely run. I'm like, I can't do this. You know, yeah. I may have had a good little mini tryout and then, you know, you were throwing me the ball and as he was throwing me the ball, but you know, I don't, I didn't think I could do it. Like I thought my body's going to fall apart. Uh, what's more important right now, you know, take, yeah. making sure mom sells the house. And so like, there was some stuff, there's some, some stuff there, but I super, that was a, you know, that was an example of a friend looking out for a friend and you giving me, trying to give me a shot at something I really like to do. Um, so, you know, my friends, I, I can't thank you and the Flemings. Like, geez, man, you guys are like second family to me. But uh, uh, Ferreras, the Ferreras, too, have always yeah. been super close. And Mike is probably the most supportive guy you'll ever meet. And the McGilvery, same thing. Like, they just steadfast support. Whatever you want to do, I, I'm there to support you. So uh, thank you to all of them. But anyway, I thought this would be interesting topic just based on the fact that we've been posting athletes who we've never met uh, as influential people. I thought it'd be cool to talk about people who actually meant something to us. So... Thanks for uh, indulging me on in this, and I think we learned a lot about your uh, I'll give, uh, your, your history. Yeah, I'll, a special uh, nod to your brother. I didn't play basketball for very long, but he actually T-bone. he actually gave me a a chance to play when I went out. I remember the tryout, and I was just shooting threes for some reason, and they were going in, and he was like, "Okay, you know, maybe we'll a big guy could shoot threes. I don't think I ever shot a three in the whole uh, seasons, but anyway, whatever. Oh no, you did, you did, did I? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember if it went in, but you did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, T-Bone was a a great coach. And actually, uh, later on in life, and it was way too late, but I played in that Algonquin Basketball League. Oh, yeah. So whoever the the coach was for the Algonquin Basketball team was refing our Algonquin League, whatever. And I ran (laughs) for a ball. Another kid ran for a ball. We both hustled. Again, that example where we hit each other and he went flying. No foul. And the kids got up and like yelled. And, went, and the guy's like, he's just bigger than you. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I shake his hand. I'm like, yeah. I wish you had been around to ref my entire life because 
I've been saying that for years and never got anything for it. And I was His like, name slips my mind. Yeah, but, uh, nice guy. Um, Tre- but, Trevor, Trevor, something or other. He uh, right. he referees uh, our men's. He's occasionally referees our men's league this year, uh, the last couple of years. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Algonquin League is no joke, man. The one, the last time I played in it uh, was about 2012 or 2013, and uh, there was a bit of a crowd developing on the on the court to the left of us. And uh, same league, but uh, I was looking at you know Phil Miguel. Does that name oh, ring yeah. a bell? Yeah, I grew up in Elmer. He was the basketball yeah. guy. I was the football guy. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I played against Phil Miguel in high school. But uh, I'm looking across, and he's playing on a team with a couple of I think a, a, a might have been a couple of Raptors or a, a, no, it was just a current Raptor at the time, Milt Palacio, uh, okay. small little point guard. So I'm, I'm like, what is what's going on over here? I didn't know. And then there's I see he's not very recognizable. But you could hear the chatter. I'm like, what's up? What's the crowd? And then some guy told me, he's like, that's Milt Palacio playing on the on the on the red team there. So I'm like, ah, it's pretty cool. I guess he's uh, it's the off season playing the Algonquin League. Yeah, I played against Phil Miguel's team in Algonquin, and uh, talented. I, I haven't been eye level with uh, so many pairs of knees in my life. They were just dunking. Uh, They're all uh, playing oh, yeah. way up here. I turn and at, yeah, yeah. at some point, I just said, Phil. That will be the last dunk that happens in my area, and I may not last very long, but I'm promise you, <laughs> this is over. Um, yeah, I didn't last very long. <laughs> in 2006, I, I, I when I realized, okay, uh, my uh, ability to jump is no longer, is mm. when I just started focusing on jack and threes, and that was the end of my, uh, you know, <laughs> driving to the hoop days. Forget it. <laughs> Whatever. If you can make them from hey. out there, they're worth more anyway. Exactly. Anyways, we are uh, we are unfortunately out of time, but uh, I want to thank you, Brock, for indulging me in this topic today. And uh, to our listeners, look out for uh, NFL episodes coming up. We're gonna give yes. our, like Brock said, we're gonna give our picks. Uh, Brock has uh, ordered some beautiful hats. So this you is your lid. This is yours that you'll get once you uh, we hook up again. Is that mine. That's Turn yours. Around. Oh yeah. Nice. That is the, the unstructured, which you like. Uh, so that's unstructured, yours. Low crown. Brock is wearing a mid crown. I'm wearing uh, probably a high crown one. Uh, this one's a mid crown. This is the I ordered. Uh, I think I have five or six uh, extra ones of these that uh, awesome. people hadn't pre-ordered. The rest of them are all accounted for. But uh, if anybody's looking for one, and the logo again, I'm not getting up super, but they kind of adjusted it to uh, make the bank a little bit bigger, the stars a bit bigger. The guy put his own little swing on it from Clubhouse, uh, Chris at Clubhouse, uh, wonderful uh, work. So uh, he's also got that logo. So if anybody goes in and wants to buy a different hat, that's not a trucker style hat, you can get whatever you want. I got some fitted hats yeah. for uh, my dad and stuff like that. But um, they're there. Let me know. Awesome, awesome guys. All right, on that we're gonna go. Out. I'm going to make a quick audio pause. I'm going to give a little bit of dead silence because this is where the video is going to end because I think when we put the music on uh, with the videos, I don't think they, uh, I don't think YouTube likes that, where if we okay. do the audio uh, within the podcast, you can get that. So maybe we'll start putting some bonus content in the audio stuff so you still got to listen to the audio stuff. Anyway. I like it. That's the end of our show. We'll see you guys uh, very soon. Football's back, baby. That's what that sign said. I don't know if it's still there or not, but anyway. Go Steelers. New York.
Walk to the heart, but got love for all. Lie and die in the fire where I learn the ball. Uptown is the place where I lay my dome. On the streets of the Bronx where my family roam. Oh, damn it, we home. Heater got a nine millimeter. Player haters can feel the flame for my heater. I never really liked to play a fool like that, but I love to succeed. Z falls fall flat. Flat, like deja vu. And I got another clip down a deja crew. I sip Chris down, dumb P, Mo with the piss down. Just cause I'm pissy don't mean you should miss down. Keep them in the fitties and hundreds all arranged. Anything less than that, you keep the change. Not filthy rich, but bitch, I'm barely broke. Blessed with flows to keep you hooked like dope. Friends call me guns, sons call me trife. Cause the quick to slide off and slide this dick up in your wife. And that's life. You should learn how to treat her. I guarantee Peter knows how to eat her and beat her. Niggas in the Bronx call me Lex. Cause I push a Lex and I rock a Rolex. And I lounge on Lex. And I love sex. And I wave texts on sets that be trying to flex like Dex. Nigga, God rest your soul. But when you're playing cards with guns, it ain't no time to fold. Ho, New York, nigga.